What is going on, everyone? It's your dude, James to the Quan to the Lee. Welcome back to the JKL podcast. Uh, just wanted to check in with you guys. I've got an interview tomorrow with a, a good friend, interesting, smart guy, Nathan Cunningham, and that will more than likely be the next episode. If it's not the next episode, it'll, it will definitely be, you know, it will be on at some point. He's a very interesting dude. He's a currently a brewer at Klaus Brewery uh, in Northwest Tucson, and also a fantastic musician, well-accomplished musician, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting down, sitting down with him tomorrow. Today is Thursday, yeah, I'll meet him tomorrow night, Friday night. We're going to have a chat. Uh, actually, it's our, it's our, it's going to be our second attempt at this. <laughs> His episode would have been out way sooner, but uh, a nice, funny story. Uh, after we recorded the episode, um, my iPad died, and it didn't save the recording. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That growing pain was a lot of fun to go through, and uh, you know, it's it's easier to laugh about it now than it was uh, a couple weeks ago because, uh, yeah, you know. It's it it sucked. Anyways, Nathan is gracious enough with his time and his energy to come back, and I'm very much looking forward to getting that episode out. Again, I'm gonna record this tomorrow, and I'll be editing that and get it out as soon as possible. Uh, but today, this is just a little JKL podcast nugget. Just want to check in with you guys, tell you what's going on, give you an idea of what's ahead, and maybe give you some a little bit of a rant here that I'm so known to do. Rants that people think are funny or they like or they hate. But, you know, there are definitely concrete emotions <laughs> attached to my rants. So, here we go. First of all, uh, before I say anything more, I really, I can't, I can't thank you all enough. All of you who have reached out and offered encouragement on this uh, podcast project of mine. Uh, I've gotten many compliments. I've gotten a lot of encouragement. Like I said, I've gotten a lot of people who just are are helping me find the will to keep doing this and get better at this. I've even gotten a lot of constructive criticism, which I love because uh, this area, this arena of dealing with audio equipment, producing an audio uh, product, uh, it's all very new to me. You know, hosting a podcast, it's all extremely new to me and... Uh, I'm, I'm just very much looking forward to getting better at this and hopefully providing all of you something something better as we go forward, something to listen to, something to be entertained by, something to hate, something to love, and all that stuff in between. So I can't thank you enough. It's it's unbelievable the, the amount of encouragement I've been getting. Honestly, when I started this product, uh, this project, all I really wanted to do was just kind of fool around with this medium put something out there and see if I can get like maybe three or four people to like it. Honestly, that's that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be in the mode of creating something. Uh, as all of many of you know that I'm, I'm a creator myself. I'm a musician. And this is just a little, a little another little exercise that I wanted to start. So um, the, the, the feedback has been amazing. Uh, all the comments, all of the encouragement, all the tips. I mean, I, I love it all. So keep it coming. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'm I'm open to it all. So anyway, what's been up? I had a good Easter weekend. I played a lot, like many of you. Uh, I played with a lot of good friends as well, and it was fun. I had a really good uh, random memory. I actually posted about this on Facebook. Uh, as many of you know, I tend to be a little active on Facebook. <laughs> 
But it was a, it was a genuine memory. I was playing uh, at the beautiful St. James Episcopal Church in Conroe, as I have been for the past three or four Easter's, actually. So thanks to the folks over there, Eric Gunderson. And at that gig, it's really cool. Awesome music with a great laid-back vibe and a beautiful building, great choir. And that is at least the one time of year I can count on playing some French horn music, which isn't the easiest thing for me. Most instrumentalists are used to trans, uh, transcribing or transposing. Uh, trombone players are most familiar with bass clef, of course, and then we play tenor clef, and we play some alto clef. Uh, the, the French horn, the F treble clef, uh, is not as easy as maybe it should be for me, but I, I was able to pull it out with some, with some good success, and it's all due to uh, a very important person in my early life who's in, in music, uh, Mr. Reggie Goebel who was my first trombone teacher. And uh, at that service, when I was playing those services Sunday morning, I had a memory of him as I, as I was, you know, just resting between uh, playing songs. I really took him, uh, you know, it really just rushed back to me, those moments where he taught me how to do that. Basically, we uh, he taught me how to play tenor clef. He taught me how to play alto clef. And if you move that middle C one more line down from the alto clef, you'll have mezzo-soprano clef, which pretty much you'll never see. But you can utilize it to read French horn music. So I had that random thought in my head that day. I was like, man, where did I learn to do this? Oh, that's right. Reggie Goble taught me how to do it. And honestly, <clears throat> you know, I got, uh, you know, a brother got a little emotional while I was thinking about that during the service because Reggie is no longer with us. He passed away way too, way too soon. I believe in 2010-ish, 2011. I'm not sure, actually. Somewhere around there. Uh, he was my first trombone teacher, Mr. Mr. Goebel, which is what, what I knew him by. Uh, he taught me from 6th grade to ninth grade. And he was a fantastic jazz trombone player in town. I didn't know it at the time, actually. I, I'm, I'm learning more about him as I get older and I start coming across the gigs that he used to play. And But at the, at the time, he was just my trombone teacher. And he was a really, uh, he was really laid back, really chill, but definitely into you. Into you learning the trombone if you were into the trombone. So... He, if you were, if you gave him, if you gave the effort, he would give you all of himself. I remember he would uh, purposefully put me last in his in his schedule of lessons that day, so that because he he would give me a ride home, but he would have this pack of CDs that he could play for me on the ride home. So you know, the school was only about seven or eight minutes from uh from my my parents' house at the time. So it was great just to be exposed to the to, to the great trombone players Christian Lindbergh specifically he was a big fan of uh, Carl Fontana he was a big fan of and actually uh, it's because of Reggie Goble that I was able to see Carl Fontana just be, before he passed away because Carl Fontana came to Houston and did a live show this was probably going to be about 1998 99 if I'm remembering correctly I was probably man you know what I was probably this is, might be about 2000. I might have been a freshman in high school. Yeah, uh, maybe earlier than that. But Carl Fontana came to the uh, HCC, Houston Community College, to do a show with the HCC faculty. And it was awesome. I remember just thinking, man, uh, that's I've never heard a trombone do that. <laughs> that agility, that momentum of, of the notes, and to have that much melody. you know. And I, I specifically remember Carl Fontana. He, uh, he was not a skinny man. You know, he had a nice, big, round, healthy belly, and whenever he he'd hit a high note, you you just see his gut shoot in. <laughs> I guess for that air support, but it was literally like seeing like a like a beanbag like shift to the right. You know, 
it was, it was, it was a good, good comical memory. And I remember, I remember Reggie uh, and I kind of commenting on that, and uh, it was, it was nice, it was nice fun. But, anyways, it was nice to have a moment of reflection, especially on Easter morning, uh, to resurrect the memory of my my great special first trombone teacher. And there are others out there in the area that had him as a teacher as well. Uh, you know what was very amazing about him is, like I said, like I said, he was very laid back, but he was very much generous, which is with his energy towards you if you wanted to get good at trombone. So, and he was just so encouraging. I mean, he was incredibly encouraging. You you really thought, you know, when he said something to you that he liked, he really meant it. And he, when if he said something to you that he was, you know, that he was disappointed in. He really meant it, and you really just didn't want to disappoint him. Not because you were intimidated by him, but just because you really respected the man. You really respected how how much he cared about you. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget Reggie Goble. It, I, he's definitely the reason why I fell in love with the tremor in the first place. Uh, he'd play a lot in lessons. And I remember just thinking, man, that's how a professional trombone player sounds, you know. And he had he played this little Yamaha. Uh, kind of quote-unquote pea shooter, but I remember just thinking, man, that sounds really cool. The sound is like a nice, mellow, uh, yet brilliant kind of quality, and he he would do a little slide rebar and stuff like that. So, uh, this is my cheers to Reggie Gubble this morning with my coffee cup. Uh, thank you, sir. I know you're in a very special place right now, and I really, I really don't uh, know how ever I'll ever repay you for. The love that you helped me find in music, the encouragement. Um, I might try to be that for a student someday, but there's actually I, I don't know how I'll ever do it. So, uh, thank you so much, Mr. Gobo, and I know all of you who might be listening to this who know him would share my sentiments. So, anyways, <clears throat> what else is going on? I uh, I've got a cool string of uh, shows next week, or one show rather. I'm playing um, Hello Dolly. With the great folks at St. Louis Methodist uh, Church, shout out to Virginia Stout and Sid Davis for having me play. Like they have in the past, a uh, handful of productions they've had. Uh, it's a it's a nice place with great people, and I really enjoy working with the other pit musicians that are commonly playing as well. Um, just a nice group of people, and it's it's fun to go to work there. It's fun to know that you you you're you're in good company, and you have the support of your colleagues, and that you can support them as well and just have a great vibe in the band so i'm really looking forward to that and uh tonight what's happening tonight Whew, let me let me gather myself here because this is going to be nice and steamy uh tonight the rockets are playing i i think it's tonight shit game five of this uh first round of the western conference playoffs they're playing the utah jazz they're up three to one on the series. They had an opportunity to sweep them and get rid of them last game, but of course, you know, you know, it's it's hard to close out a team. I'm sure, you know. So, uh, give me a sec. Yeah, that's me not silencing my phone. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Anyways, let me go off on a little bit. Of, let me go off on a little bit of a Rockets rant. Now, at this point, a lot of you are rolling your eyes, as you should. Okay. Uh, most of you probably follow me on Facebook. That's how you got to this podcast. You know I like to rant on the Rockets. It might seem a bit confusing because I'm awfully critical and awfully harsh in my criticism of them. Though I am a Rockets fan. I'm actually wearing a Rockets shirt right now. I'm a lifelong Houstonian. 
and I've only rooted for the Rockets. And actually, outside of the NBA, I hardly ever watch. No, sorry. Outside of the Rockets, I hardly ever watch the NBA. I'm just a Rockets fan. That's why I watch the Rockets. Okay. And a good number of you might even be Houston natives like I am. Lifelong Houston natives. We've lived here for a long time. We've we've seen the glory of two NBA championships in the mid-90s. We've seen great players come and go. We've seen great coaches come and go. We've seen uh, great expectations turned into complete shit. We've seen shit, you know, we've seen shit expectations turned into something pretty decent. I want to start off this rant by saying, all of you Houston fans out there, you Rocket fans, we have to expect more. And what is the expectation this year? A championship. What should be the expectation next year? A championship, okay? Too many damn times are we just thinking about how how decent of a season we had because of uh, we went kind of decent into the playoffs or, you know, James Harden did this and, did this and that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool like five or six years ago, okay? This is the time to really accept nothing but a championship. So I invite all of you freaking Houston fans, myself included, to expect a championship. And when you watch the Rockets, you need to expect championship-level basketball. That's all there is to it. Now, it's obvious we have one of the best scorers in the history of the game. I'll definitely acknowledge that. James Harden is, actually, in my opinion, James Harden on a one-on-one basketball basis. One-on-one scorer, he's probably the best that the game has ever seen. No doubt in my damn mind. His scoring game is virtue. Virtu- vir- virtuosic. Yes, he can pass. Yes, he has good assists. Okay? But you're going to have that damn many assists when you have the ball in your hand that damn much. That's all there is to it. So, I'm not going to say sit here and say that he's a terrible player. He's not. And actually, he's got transcendental scoring ability. But, when you watch the Rockets, and that is James Harden included, there are things you see where you think, well, you know what? Well, at least I do. Okay, you need to go past a lot of the razzle-dazzle, okay? The media sells that to you. The commercials, the intro music, the outro music, the commentators. The razzle-dazzle is all there for ratings. You have to see what's on the court. You know what team has had probably less ratings than the Rockets? The San Antonio Spurs. And they just win freaking championships, okay? That's what we need in Houston is championships. Our championships. Sorry for my improper grammar. So what do I see on the court? Okay, now I'm I'm pretty I, I I have a decent amount of pride for my basketball acumen, mainly because growing up, basketball was not a sport that I'm I was good at. I was a tall dude, but I'm, I'm I I was and still am a big, tall, clumsy dude. And honestly, when I played against other dudes who were my height, they were like superior in ability, uh, in talent, and skill. Uh, they just so you know I'm a big dude. That got me on the court, but that that I wasn't. I really had to work towards being decent at basketball, all, all growing up, and that's kind of that's I you know I think that was to my advantage when it comes to watching basketball. I'm not sitting there just you know wowed at the fact that somebody caught an alley oop. It's cool, it's beautiful to watch, but in terms of what's on the freaking court, what I'm seeing. First of all, this is the Utah Jazz that we're playing in this series. We should have wiped them away in four games, no doubt. No doubt. Now, the Utah Jazz played hard. They played well last game. They took us out of the game. But that's that's called playing basketball. You have to figure out how to win the game. 
obviously for the Rockets, our shots did not fall down last game. You can't just stop there, okay? If your long-range jumper is not working, anybody with half a brain knows, well, how about let's work to get some layups? Now, the Rockets' problem is that they weren't able or equipped, and they have no idea how to get layups. That's a problem. That's a problem when you're trying to win a championship. (laughs) Okay, there's this thing called, oh, living and dying by the three. Yeah, you live and die by the three. But if you want to win a championship, you live and die by nothing. And we've seen that in championship teams, okay, especially the Golden State Warriors. That team is going to do whatever it takes to win. And we say, oh, they're full of all-stars. They're full of all-stars, but they're also full of players who know how to make plays, who know how to adapt to the game, who know how to move without the ball. I would love Harden to know how to move without the freaking ball. There's no doubt. He gets the ball. He can score. When he's not scoring a lot, then he starts pouting, and then the Rockets are in danger of losing. That is not championship basketball. Houston, you need to expect more. That's all there is to it. So they're doing a decent job of, of forcing Harden to his right hand. Okay, In that situation, he starts dribbling, 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 dribbling. You know immediately his move is to try to step back, create space, and pull up. And if that can happen, I'm actually still not mad at that point because he's a great shooter. Okay? But then you start taking that away, and then he kind of freaks out. Right? Okay? What you can do at that point is get rid of the ball, move around, take some screens, call for some screens, and turn into a shooter that's a spot-up shooter. Okay? Oh, you can say that's not Harden's game. It doesn't matter what Harden's game is. It doesn't matter what anybody's game is. You have to win the games to win a championship. And that's what a championship team does. Houston fans, you need to expect more. How about when the Rockets, anybody on the Rockets, takes a shot? Oh, well, hell, first of all, before we even get to that. Okay? Transition offense in Houston. Terrible. Okay? Now... If we're in a case, much like the regular season, where Harden can just dart towards the basket, you know, jolt his head back, and he's going to get a whistle, fuck it, let's go with that. He'll get get a whistle, he'll get on the foul line, he'll rack his points, everybody will start worshipping him. Anyways, that's less and less likely to happen in the the NBA, especially during the playoffs, okay? So you're going in transition. There are certain players, uh, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, these players can really catch fire. We've seen it, okay? Okay, we've seen it. And it, it usually happens when Harden has kind of deferred. And that's fine. That's great. That's kind of what they're there for. But then they start catching fire. And then and then the Rockets get the defensive rebound. And this happens a lot. And then Harden will start dribbling up the court. And Eric Gordon is already down court waiting behind the three-point line with several feet of nothing in front of him, meaning he's open. And Harden will even look at the guy and not give him the ball. This is when he's hot. Okay, he'll freeze the hot shooter. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, you know, honestly, I don't know if Harden's a dumb person. And actually, I don't I don't think he is. He's probably a pretty smart guy. And I know he wants to win. But that is a low basketball IQ situation. The dude is wide open. He's hot. Give him the shot. Now the ball will eventually get to the open man, but it's gonna be through a lot of hoopla, a lot, a lot of dribbling, a lot of stalling. The defense has recovered. Okay, Harden dribbles to the bucket. He's covered. He makes a, a wild pass out to the perimeter to a semi-open uh, jump shooter. At that point, they have a, a shot that they can take. It, you know, they, they they make it a lot of the time, or sometimes not a lot of the time. But why wait for that situation when you had a much easier situation 
you know, uh, several seconds before the fact that you totally just missed. I mean, that's low IQ basketball. Okay. How about when the shot does go up? When the shot does go up, just about nobody is going for an offensive rebound. Capella usually is, but how about we send one more person from the wing? Okay. Now, you don't want to send everybody because you definitely need people back on transition defense. But how about you send two people to get an offensive rebound? Three back on transition defense is plenty. It's absolutely plenty, especially if you have sound transition defense. Now, I'm not suggesting that sending one more person to the rebounds, offensive rebounds, will dramatically increase your chances at offensive rebounds. But rather what it does is it does increase your chances a little bit, but it also keeps your opposition busy. You got to keep the opposition busy. You got to keep them on your toes. When they can depend on anything that you're going to do, when they can, in other words, predict what you're doing, you are, you're well on your way to losing the game, right? So send a few people on offensive rebounds. Uh, do some more pump fakes when you shoot. How about you, uh, you look at somebody and you fake a pass or you look at the post as if you actually pass it but not pass it. And you, got, you have to keep the defense guessing. You can't play this game of this is what we are, this is what we do, and that's it. You can't do that. I mean, you can do that, but you'll never make the finals. And if you do, you know, the league has totally lost its touch with the game. So, you know, what I'm saying is if you go for the offensive rebound, more people go for the offensive rebound, you give the opposition, you keep them busy. You give them a reason to to worry about what's going to happen next. Maybe you tire them out. Okay. So Houston... Houston fans, the Rockets are good. We're going to get past the Utah Jazz. We'll probably even make it, you know what, we'll probably might even make it past the Golden State Warriors. I honestly am more afraid of the of meeting the Spurs at some point than the Warriors because the Warriors are kind of experiencing that championship fatigue in my idea. And the, the Spurs, especially Popovich, they're hungry to prove something. And I'm never, I'm never going to bet against Popovich. I don't give a damn who you are. You can be Jesus damn Christ. Okay, I'm never going to bet, bet against uh, Popovich. There's no way. So, Houston fans, we need to expect more. Okay, we're going to get past the Jazz. Uh, we we have to want more than we can see on the court. What we see on the court right now is a, a prodigious score. Harden is an amazing score, there's no doubt. But we have to expect more from him and the rest of the team. And it comes down, in my opinion, mainly to him because he's such the gravitational center of the team. Okay, when he starts pouting, the team dynamic, it, you know, the they got other guys start playing harder, maybe because to pick up to try to quote unquote pick up the slack for Harden, but the, you know, it's forced, it's contrived, it's not organic. There's no synergy. Great teams have synergy, and their stars promote synergy. Okay, so the again, I'll say it again, and <laughs> I've got more to say. I'm just so heated right now, I can't say more. I'm sure you know this is why I go off on Facebook, but. Houston fans, we have to expect more. The ring is what we want. And to get the ring, we need to play better basketball. That's all there is to it. We need to see plays, uh, more passes ahead. The team defense has to be stronger. Oh, gosh, team defense. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> is James Harden going to make take any type of effort to be a good on-the-ball defender. Now, to any defender's defense, when you're playing on-the-ball defense, the uh, the man with the ball in his hand, or the woman, they have the advantage. 
Okay, because you're always, as a defender, you're always reacting to the move made by the offensive player. So they had the advantage. It's inevitable that they would pass you up. And then you'll have to, at that point, have slowed them down enough to where your teammate can come and catch up and help help you out. Harden makes no effort there. Okay, he makes no effort there. His man penetrates the lane. Somebody comes in and helps. But that's at that point, the man is already so far to the bucket. They either have a nice lob shot or... They can they can swing the ball around and eventually the ball is going to find a wide open shooter. Now, if you stall that ball a, a split second longer at the initial attack, the rest of your defense can set itself up to help better. And as that ball swings around, you you give your teammates more of an opportunity to be there on time to contest the shots. So it really does start with on the ball defense. You have to be there. You have to aggravate the person dribbling the ball. When they move, and when they will almost inevitably move past you, the defense, your, your fellow defender has a chance to catch up and stop the ball and stop the deep penetration into the lane. Okay, so it's funny how the Rockets don't understand that. It's ridiculous. This is like the basic shit you learn in like high school. This is why I'm so low on the NBA, okay? Because the fact is the NBA has the best talent. There's no doubt. And the worst NBA team will likely beat the crap out of the best uh, college team. Okay, but I'm telling you, just like we need to expect more from the Rockets, we need to expect more from the NBA. If we had the best players in the world, which we do in the NBA, if we had the best players in the world playing the best version of basketball, we would see a better product. We would see a better product. Okay, people are out there saying, well, uh, the NBA is more popular now than it ever has before. I believe you. I believe you. I think that has more to do, do with uh, brilliant media. I think it has more to do with pop culture. That has to do with more celebrities uh, being into the game. Well, actually, I guess they've always have been into the game. But just because the ratings are better or the popularity is higher, it doesn't mean the game is better. Or it doesn't mean that the game doesn't leave much to be desired. I'm telling you, the game has more to be desired. If we saw better passing, better defense, all kinds of stuff, we'd see everything we see now elevated. It'd be such a rush. The product would be better. And we would see more parity in the NBA. We really would. But they're catering to the bottom line. There's an argument out there. Well, you know, what, what matters the most is points. The most points wins the game. Yeah, I agree. But that's also that's also important to you if you're really just, if your head is on a lower level of thinking of what basketball could be. If we had a greater level of basketball, we'd see everything elevated and magnified. It would just, it would completely be an amazing show. Not only would it be an amazing show, but you would see human beings playing a beautiful game to its highest potential using their highest potential of physicality. Who doesn't want that? Anyways, back to the Rockets. We need to expect more Houston fans. I I really do invite you to watch these games and expect more and expect more of what you see on the court. Uh, That's just all there is to it. It's time to win a championship. And I think if we don't win a championship, I think we blow it up. Honestly, I think we do. I don't mind it. As a Houston Rockets fan, I'm used to sucking and uh, trying to build things back up. I don't mind it. It's, you know, in the end, it's only professional sports, right? We watch the games, we win or lose, we go on with our lives. So uh, I think we'll win tonight. I think we'll go on. Maybe, I guess we'll play the the Warriors. I think we have a chance of beating them because the Warriors are kind of turning into a shit show. Like I said, they're kind of having this championship fatigue. And plus, I hate Kevin Durant. That's a side note, but whatever. But anyways, 
Let's expect more. Let's get this going. Next time you hear back from me, I won't be as angry. <laughs> like I said, tomorrow we'll be hearing. Uh, I'll be sitting down to interview my good friend Nathan Cunningham, and that podcast will come out uh, very soon. And this was just a little JKL podcast nugget. I'll be checking in with you guys every once in a while uh, just to say what's up. Anyways, I'm out. Thank you so much for listening. Love you. Bye. Bye.